Today is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, and can be found on page 1093 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, well, Hannah, thank you very much for that reading. I think she did a really good job <laughs> on, uh, on, on all those places. And uh, we'll have to give you the genealogy in Matthew next as your final test of uh, outstanding reading. Thank you. Let's pray together, shall we? And ask for the Lord's help. Lord God, we pray that uh, uh, we might glorify the Lord Jesus and that... Um, both he and you may pour out your spirit upon us that we might uh, hear your word and respond in faith and in love and in obedience so that we might honor the Lord Jesus. Lord, teach us from this passage, we pray in your name. Amen. Well, please turn to reach the city and uh, many thanks to... We, we have... Uh, um, uh, Aaron Coey often does our graphics for us, and he's, uh, he's reached this one particularly. And it's a fascinating one, and I, I don't want you to look at it too much, but you kind of wonder, 
what are the couple at the bottom left talking about? You know, there's something going on there, isn't there? Um, but this is a street scene um, in a city, and we're thinking about reaching the city. And Acts 2 is all about the Spirit of God falling on God's people in Jerusalem, in this particular place. And uh, this, is, this is where the birth of the church happens, here. And, uh, and, and, and the place of Jerusalem is significant. We're thinking in the next three, um, next three Sundays about Jerusalem, Philippi, and then I did mention Rome, but I think we're going to end up in Athens. We can't skip over Athens so I'll save Rome for next year. Uh, come back and do that. Um, but you notice when you, when, you, when you look at your passport, it says your place of birth, doesn't it? It says where you were born. Mine, unfortunately, says Barnstable, Devon. All these years, and you thought I was born in Wales. Well, I was born in England. Uh, we couldn't get across the border in time, my Welsh parents. And so we're rushing across, and we just made it as far as Barnstable, and then had to have the baby, so there you are, that's where I was born. But um, uh, it's important to understand, as a Christian, that, you know, how were we born? I mean, where were we born? How did it happen? And what were we born for? These are the questions that kind of come out of Acts 2. Um, as you look at the birth of our birth as a church, as a New Testament church, um, as we see it, it'll help us to know what we're, what we're about, what we're for, what's in our DNA, as it were. So, um, let's uh, turn to Acts 2, and I've got to th- just three things to say. Um, where were we born? We were born, well, it says um, Jerusalem, but Acts is linked to Luke's gospel. Luke acts, same, same person wrote them, same author. And at the end of Luke's gospel, Jesus says to the disciples, before the Spirit had come, he says, I want you to stay in the city. I want you to stay in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. That's just an interesting thing, isn't it? Don't go to Galilee. Stay in Jerusalem. Whatever's going to happen, the pouring out of the Spirit needs to happen in Jerusalem. And I've just been puzzling about that. It's not a sort of thing that we, we often think about when we come to Acts 2. We think about the Spirit, and rightly so, we'll, come, we'll, we'll arrive there soon, but... Out of Jerusalem. The Christian church comes out of the Jewish people. You see, it's, it's, um, the New Testament is the extension of the Old Testament. Christ um, is promised in the Old Testament. And the true people of God, the true inheritors of all the promises, are in fact the Christian church. That's a striking thing to say. I was listening to a rabbi um, this week um, in the city centre. And uh, it was very, very interesting talk, actually, about Auschwitz, um, which was very moving. But I, I, I couldn't help thinking, um, we, were, we started was, you know, within the Jewish people. That's where we started. And how we understand ourselves starts way back in Genesis, as we go through the Old Testament. Now, Of course, the other reason for Jerusalem is that where Jesus was crucified and where he was raised uh, from the dead. But there's something important that you need to know about the book of Acts. And and it's this, that Jerusalem may be the source of the Christian church, but it's not the goal. So it starts in Jerusalem, but it finishes 
in Rome. And Rome is the ends of the earth. If you look at Jesus at the end of Luke, you'll see Jesus was talking about Moses and the prophets in Jerusalem. When you go to the end of the book of Acts, you see that Paul is speaking about Moses and the prophets, the same message, but he's doing it now in Rome. And Rome was seen as the ends of the earth. So do you see, this is really important. You're kind of wondering what I'm going on about, aren't you, at the moment? Where's he going with this? Well, this is where I'm going, in case you were wondering. You were born into a movement, right? You were not born, as it were, to stay in Jerusalem. You were born into a movement, Jesus, in chapter 1 of your Bibles, verse 8 of Acts, you'll see he says, in chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You were born into a movement. You'll always be people of the book, the, the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament prophets, as Paul was still speaking from that. But you were meant to go outwards with this message, with this gospel. And here's the thing, you're only happy if you do. You're only happy if you go outwards with it. If, 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 if you're kind of like, if you're always retreating inwards, you'll never feel fulfilled as a Christian. Because you were born to go out. You see? That's what the, this place of birth does. It starts in Jerusalem, but it ends up in Rome. And Jerusalem loses its significance. Hardly gets mentioned. By the end, it doesn't. And this movement that's meant to go out is meant to be a movement of blessing as well. If you go to the end of Acts 2, I know this sounds a little bit like an essay at the moment on Jerusalem, but stay with me for the moment. If you go to the end of Acts chapter 2, you'll see a heading, the fellowship of believers, and you read verse 42. What was this movement like uh, when the Spirit came upon them? What a fabulous, what a beautiful community this is in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. Everybody was filled with awe, many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, the people of Israel were meant to be, still attached here, the people of Israel were, were uh, in Genesis 12, again, stay with me, God said to Abraham, I want you to go, and I want you to, uh, I wa- I want you to be on a journey, and, I want to, and I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to all the nations. And this is how this blessing is going to happen. The Holy Spirit comes upon these people and this is this beautiful community. It's a challenging community, actually, but it's an open-handedness in in this community. They're they're not tied to stuff. They're willing to give it away. It's an open-heartedness to people. And they had favor with all the people. They were a blessing. And this group of people were meant to go and build communities beyond Jerusalem into Samaria, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
And it was those communities that were going to be the blessing. They were going to carry on the blessing of Abraham to the world. That's why we do reach the city, you see. That's why this is sort of outward movement. On the day of Pentecost, there was a pilgrimage into Jerusalem. People came to Jerusalem from all these countries that uh, Hannah read out for for you there. But after Acts 2, it's not centripetal, it's centrifugal. It's going out. And you're only happy if you're, if you're looking outwards. I, I'm not saying you've got to move. I'm not saying you've got to be part of a church plant or anything like that. I'm saying it's just your attitude has to be outward. Always. Where are we going to spread this message? That will really help Platt as a church. To have that. Because once you say we, we have an outward um, view, we, we, we need to somehow spread this message outwards, then it, then it st- stirs you up to, to, to build a base, to, to disciple and train people for that purpose. If I could speak personally, uh, my, retirement isn't going to be a retreat <laughs> for me. I'm going to have a rest. <laughs> I could do with a rest. But I'll only be happy if I'm actually on a mission. <laughs> and I think the same is for you. And I want to ask you, where's your mission? You know, where do you feel you're, you're, you're reaching out? I know we come together, we're strengthened here together, but where's your place of mission? I was very, very struck by John Stott, the story about John Stott. Um, he was in a hospice last year of his life, last six months of his life, I think, and th- there was another clergyman there as well, and the two of them spoke to each other and they said, We've got to do something. Now they're in a hospice. <laughs> I know what we'll do. We'll organize uh, uh, for, for, for a minister to come in and preach the gospel once a week in the hospice. See, <laughs> he was dying. <laughs> and he was still going out <laughs> with the gospel. And you're only happy if you do that. So I wanted to pass that on to you. And I, do you, I hope you get it now. I hope you see why I was going on about Jerusalem. It's fr- the Jerusalem is the source, but the, it's always it's a movement, right? Secondly, okay, we're on a movement. Do we do it in our own strength? Of course not. How we were born? By the Spirit. You and I are miracles of new birth. Did you know that? You were, um, when you became a Christian, you were reborn supernaturally by the Spirit. And the church is a supernatural body. But we constantly need to be filled with the Spirit. I mean, that's who we are. We were, how we were born, we were born by the Spirit with outside help, but we constantly need that refilling. I love this fact that something comes to us from outside. There is a common view, isn't there, in the world that you have all the power within you. Have you heard that? You must have heard that. It's within you. You can be whoever you want to be. (laughs) And if there are problems, they're outside. (laughs) The problems are out there, right? You have the power in you. And the Bible says the exact opposite. (laughs) It said, all your problems are inside. (laughs) Your problems are in here. But you need help from outside. 
and the Spirit comes, he gives, gives you, well, so many things. And here are three phenomena, actually, about the Spirit here in Acts 2. In the birth of our church, here are three little things that are worth remembering. Firstly, the wind signifying life. Suddenly, verse 2, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. The word for this rushing wind is the same word in Greek as a, a word in Genesis 2, verse 7, where, where God breathed into uh, men and women, into, into, the, into, the, into, into man actually, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God went, ah, and man went, ah, came to life. The same idea. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the valley of the dry bones, the prophecy there. There's a valley of dry bones. Ezekiel is called to speak to the bones. And there's a great rattling and the bones come together. They organize themselves, but there is still no life. And then he says, prophesy to the breath. To the breath. And then the breath comes, the spirit comes, and there is life. We are dry bones that come to life. Without the spirit, we are the walking dead. <laughs> okay? The spirit brings life. It's the only reason you can do anything is in the power of the spirit. Therefore, pray to be filled with the spirit. Secondly, fire signifying purity. The presence of God in our midst and in our lives is no little danger. <laughs> it, should, it should make you tremble. He will burn away impurities and he will make you want to walk in holiness, to repent of your sins and to love this new life that you have been called to. John Piper says that nobody sins out of duty. We sin, that is, we disobey God, because we love sin more than God's holiness. But you are a new person now. There's a, you have been born into a new life. And so the Spirit is, is encouraging you to be who you really are in, in Christ. And the third phenomena is speech. Speech. They spoke. <clears throat> Ministry. Tongues. Languages. Not the same as the tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. These are, that's slightly different. These are Galileans speaking the native languages of the world. Uh, wonderfully read out by Hannah. And declaring God's glory. And notice they were filled, verse 4, and they spoke. They filled in this chapter 4, verse 8. They filled and they spoke. They filled. We, we, we want to tell people about Christ. <laughs> The Spirit makes us want to do that. And somehow we, 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 we have to find ways of, of, of communicating that in this world today. But that's who we are. That's what we were made to do. And we, we are, how excited do you get when you have a chance to say something about Jesus? How excited do you get? You get very excited, don't you? I mean, just see it in people. Guess what? I had a chance to speak about Jesus with somebody. I want you to see here, it's an interesting fact, that it was preached in every language at once. <clears throat> and that's 
It's been suggested this was deliberate, all these languages going on at the same time. No one language, no one culture has precedence over any other culture. There's a writer called Lamin Sane, and he says, uh, you know, when you translate the message, well, if you're a Muslim, you can't translate the Quran. It has to stay in Arabic. You have to hear it in Arabic. But Christianity, it's the word of God in any language, isn't it? It takes root in every culture and honors and challenges any culture. Ask Margaret that. <laughs> she works for Wycliffe, Bible translators. So do you pray for a filling of the Spirit? Do you, do you, you know, you, you, you have the Spirit. You've been born of the Spirit. So you're meant to be a movement. It's the Spirit that will help you do that. And so I think it's right to... Um, to keep praying, Lord, help me to be who I'm meant to be. Help me to keep in step with the Spirit. Why were you born? Uh, to declare the universal lordship of Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit um, comes upon the people of God, and what happens in the rest, rest of Acts 2 is a sermon. <laughs> now, not everybody preaches sermons, of course not, but we, we are meant to declare... The Lordship of Christ. And his sermon ends over the page, verse 34, where he quotes, I think, Psalm 110. Uh, uh, he, and, uh, and Peter quotes that and says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And then he goes on to say, let me tell you, let all Israel be assured that God has made this Jesus, this Jesus who was crucified and who was raised, he has made him Lord and Messiah, Lord and Christ. And that is uh, a universal claim of, of lordship over all peoples, over all, all people groups all over the world. And of course, the story goes on that the people repent. Uh, they, they, they do what Peter says, they repent and they're forgiven and they're, and they're filled again. Which is, which is how we are filled with the Spirit, repenting, believing again, filled with the Spirit. But this claim, it's, it's a universal claim, and it's dynamite, and it's very awkward politically. It's enormously awkward. But, but Jesus is not somebody who makes your life better. He is the man, he is the tops, and every time you can acknowledge him in some way, you are, you are, you are declaring that you belong to him and that your allegiance is to him rather than to the human city in which you live. And in that way, you will be a blessing. You, that's, how, that's how you break away, as it were, from your allegiance to this, this human city. It's by saying, well, I'm a Christian. I, 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 I believe Jesus you know, is, is the Lord of all. I'm, I'm a Christian. Can't help being who I am, but that's who I am. When you do that, you... That's where the break comes. That's where the courage comes. But it's, that's what needs to happen. Every time we do that, we, we, we declare that we belong to him and we find our home in him. It was really difficult for the early Christians. And as you read through the book of Acts and as we read through, um, it wasn't just the, the, um, the Jewish leaders that objected to this ultimately. It was, it was the Roman leaders and, uh, and, and, and it became very difficult. But to acknowledge that Christ is your king and to submit to him 
is really like coming home again. It's really like saying, I know who I belong to now. <laughs> this is who I belong to. I ain't going to move from here. This is where I stand. <laughs> and there's a lovely, lovely freedom in that. It's, it's that you've discovered your heavenly city, your heavenly home. And I'm going to finish with that in, 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 in a way. This is, here are three things about the early church in Jerusalem that's worth noting. They were born into a movement. Jesus wept over the old Jerusalem because they didn't acknowledge him as king. They didn't know the time of their visitation. And so Jerusalem wasn't the light of the world that, you, that, that, that they were meant to be. But we as Christians, are meant to be that light to the world. And we're a movement. And Christianity is like riding a bicycle. If you go forward, you're fine. But if you stop, you fall off. You've just got to keep going forward. And as a church, you've got to keep going forward. And as an individual, going for Christ. Going forward in the faith. You're part of a movement. Called to be a blessing filled with the Spirit, having the favor of the people, keeping in step with the Spirit. Be a blessing to the community around you. That's who you're meant to be. And then finally, you were born into a heavenly home. In the book of Revelation, right at the end, you discover that the heavenly city is called Jerusalem. (laughs) But it's the Jerusalem from above. And that's where you belong now. And... Having that sort of decisiveness about who you are and about where you belong, in that, all the blessings and all the security that we sang about and that song just before uh, come about. I don't know if I've got the words to that, um, that hymn. Have you got that, uh, the words there? That would be great. This, these are lovely. This is, the Lord is my salvation. And... Um, I will not fear when darkness falls. His strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dawn of the rising sun. The Lord is my salvation. In times of waiting, times of need, when I know loss, when I'm weak, I know his grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. And when I reach this final day, he will not leave me in the grave, but I will rise. He will call me where? Home. That's where I belong. (laughs) The Lord is my salvation. That's where I belong. He's my refuge. He's my strong tower. And and, and that's where you find your distinctiveness. And that's how you can be a blessing to the city in which you live, filled with the power of the Spirit, part of a movement that's reaching out to the ends of the earth. It's a a fabulous vision. And it all begins uh, when... The church was born right at where the church was born. So this is your DNA. From Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Born by the power of the Spirit. You're supernatural. That's, that's who you are. Honoring Jesus Christ so that he is your home. Um, any church that does that going to be a living church. It's going to be a great church. I'd like to be part of that church. (laughs) Let's pray.
Lord, we pray that uh, you would help us rediscover ourselves this morning. We're on a mission. We're on a movement. Help us to work out what, what we individually are meant to be doing. And Lord, it's not necessary that we have to move house or move church or move anything like that, but we, we have to move outwards. Help us to be that part of that movement. And Lord, this morning as we've heard of the gift of the Spirit, Lord, we pray, bring life to us, Lord. We, we need outside help. Breathe life into us. Help us to love purity and to hate sin. Help us to speak of what we know into the cultures that you have put us. And finally, Lord, help us to to know and recognize and rejoice that we belong to the, the carpenter from Nazareth who has actually been acknowledged as universal ruler of the whole earth. And we belong to him. And we may not be loved for that, but as we are distinctive in our living for him, we know, Lord, that it's that Christian distinctiveness that brings the blessing promised to Abraham to the nations. As communities spring up, Christian churches that speak the truth and not lie, that love, that are open-handed, that are, that are generous. Lord, may we be part of that movement, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.